0: welcome to the fab live podcast where you can reach your potential listen with an open mind and an open heart and get ready to have a transformation hi so excited this morning because you know we're talking about health and you know health is my passion and but it's more passionate to me when we're talking about how to raise a healthy child and I invited two of my beautiful friends, two people that have been on a mission for over 30 years to drive healthy families and doing it holistically. And that's Dr. Terry and Stu Warner. Uh, Guys, it's so great to see you. Thank you so much for making time from your busy schedule to be with us.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having us here. Our pleasure.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I get asked as as a chiropractor and a doctor and a holistic influencer is, you know, whenever we have a child, and of course we both have beautiful children and healthy children, but what are some of the things that, let's say somebody just discovered right now that they were pregnant, uh, or perhaps they're in the early stages of pregnancy, and what are some of the things that you have found through your last 30 years of research and working with so many providers that you have trained over the years of how to build uh, healthy practices and making sure that children are part of those practices. And, you know, many times as adults, we take care of our health, but who's paying attention on the health of our children? So what are some of the things you would tell me as, a, as an early uh, stage pregnant mom, uh, somebody that's so excited, but yet so afraid at the same time, because, you know, we put so much pressure on us whenever we're pregnant?
2: That's such a great question because, you know, when that baby comes, it doesn't come with an owner's manual of how to create extraordinary health. And as a result, we're looking at the sickest generation in the history of our world. You know, when we grew up, according to our government, 12% of kids had a chronic illness and today over 54% do. So we really have to dive into these strategies that can turn this around
1: and produce an optimally healthy child. Yes, so starting right at pregnancy is the best time um, for you and for your baby to get on board with living a healthier lifestyle. So everything from the way you're eating, to the way you're sleeping, and even the way that we're thinking um, for our environment is gonna be so important for not only your health, but the growth and development of that baby. So looking at eating a healthy organic diet is gonna be so important, and there are so many reasons for you as a pregnant mom and for the baby and for the kids, when we talk about that, that we can name that, that would be an important step for you, um, as well, making sure you're getting enough rest and fluids. And the best thing to be drinking is water. Um, so we want to have a nice, great water source that you're getting the best water supply that you possibly can to hydrate your cells and to keep nourishment for the baby and hydration there. That'll also decrease headaches. That is so common with our pregnant moms because of dehydration. So that's going to be important. And then, um, of course, we're chiropractors, so looking at your spinal health is going to be optimally important for the ease of um, the, the pregnancy and decreasing your stress and the aches and pains that we have, the proper alignment, so easing your birth and having a safer, more natural birth without uh, less need for intervention and for proper growth and development of that baby. So chiropractic care is an essential part of every pregnant mom's journey and you will be super glad that you take advantage of that.
0: You know, it's so funny, as a chiropractor, I know that many times I attracted individuals that were pregnant, and uh, of course, the additional weight created maybe some symptoms, but whenever we educated them, we let them know that the nervous system is the first system that builds in that fetus, and the healthier that they are, the better chance that that fetus is going to be able to develop properly. But a common question that I got asked all the time was, what about morning sickness? Uh, What are some of the tips that you can give our moms, you know, out there and how to decrease perhaps morning sickness? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I was going to say that the joke amongst women, I think, is that a guy must have come up with the idea of morning sickness, right? Because it can hit us 24 hours a day and sometimes it does. (laughs) Um, But there are definitely some things that we can talk about to help with that.
2: Yeah, and uh, having a nervous system free of interference allows your body to adapt and regulate properly through all the biomechanical weight changes that occur and allows your body to, to adapt and function properly. But also um, ginger is very effective in, um, in having you know, those types of, of symptoms. It's very good for the digestive system and it's anti-inflammatory. So um, you know, we recommend that. Also, it's important to optimize your vitamin D3 levels. Um, which are very important for pregnancy, and getting good fats. You want to get good, healthy fats, um, you know, omega-3 fish oils and you know, medium-chain tra- triglycerides to help, help the brain function better. Um, so you know, those are some great tips for, for morning sickness.
0: Well, let's say we move the clock a little bit forward, and now we're getting close to delivery. You mentioned a little bit about the different options that we have in the type of deliveries that we want to have. I know some people may use the Bradley method, other people use the Lamaze. Uh, What have you found with so many, I would say hundreds of thousands of people that have benefited from your knowledge, uh, what are some of the recommendations for a mom to consider and her husband whenever they're thinking about what kind of delivery they want to have?
1: Well, the most important thing is having a great support team. So, putting together a great birth team—whether that's you and and your um, your spouse, uh, that may be your um, even a sister or a mom, a doula, a midwife, or your doctor—but having the combination of these people that have um, just a great each one. Uh, serves a different piece of the puzzle. And when you put them all together, they support the mom in so many different ways. So making sure that you have and surround yourself with people that are comforting to you, that are supportive to you, and know the outcome that you want to desire. And the best way that you can also make that happen is then by constructing your birth plan. And so when we put that birth plan together, you're going to be able to decide everything that you want mom in your perfect birth and so discussing that and thinking about what do i want to do when i'm in early labor what do i want to do as labor progresses Um, what's my optimal uh, birth look like and then uh, if i get into some hit some bumps along the road what are my choices that i desire to make ahead of time you know we always want to plot out the best optimal course we never know what nature has in store for us and how we might shift along the way. But if we think about that ahead of time, we can course correct better and easier um, and make sure to have the best outcome. Because my status conversation with moms is the one that they said, oh, I wish I had known. You know, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And so if we can avoid that by planning ahead of time, we're gonna optimize that experience for you. And let's face it, it's just the best day of your life and we wanna keep it that way.
0: You know, what's funny is that so many times we talk to our moms and we said, look how much time you spend planning a vacation. They go through and check the hotels, the airbnbs, the, the travel, the where they're going to see the tourists. But a lot of times, you know, when it comes to our pregnancy, a lot of times we just want to fly, you know, and do it, you know, very quickly without really thought. And I love what you said. And that is plan your options even before they ap- happen, because if we do run into a little bit of a hiccup during our delivery, we want to make sure what are option one, option two, option three, because we already can predict if anything, you know hopefully it will be a beautiful delivery, but if it's not, and let's say the baby's breached, you know there are some amazing techniques out there that we have seen in chiropractic that we have helped many moms be able to unbreach that baby and have a Uh, a quickly delivery instead of panicking or waiting until somehow they feel, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a C-section, when in reality, there are many natural options. And and I know you're going to give us a great resource for a lot of information where you can get great tips on a wonderful opportunity for you, not only during your pregnancy, but also how to raise healthy children. Uh, So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to go into Uh, A little bit of break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Fab Life podcast. And I have two of my dear friends, Dr. Terry and Stu Warner, that are uh, some of the most world renowned holistic pediatric doctors that have not only helped thousands and thousands of children, but they're the ones that train us, the doctors, how to do it right when it comes to raising a healthy family, especially our children today. And we've been talking a little bit about all the benefits and tips of when you find out you're pregnant and then also by the time you get to delivery. But now let's get to some of the more serious questions that happen after the delivery, because many people find themselves, let's say they decide to do, uh, I would think that, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say the majority of the people are still doing deliveries traditionally in a hospital. We notice that more and more C-sections are being happening uh, because we're scheduling our deliveries instead of letting maybe nature do it properly. But we also see a rise in so many wonderful families that are looking for holistic birth options, uh, whether it's at home or in a birthing center with a doula, with a midwife, et cetera. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, once we pick out our name, which is one of those exciting moments now all of a sudden we start thinking about vaccinations and you too have been uh, incredible in raising awareness to the public as to, you know, consider vaccinations very seriously and always know that there are options out there and uh, many, many holistic families, uh, either because of religious issues or other issues, they choose not to vaccinate and others uh, go ahead and do whatever is recommended by their doctors. But tell us a little bit about, you know, some of your experiences in the pros and cons in vaccinations. I know you have been very involved in the legislation of this also because we know that vaccinations now are being mandatory in some states, uh, which is very unique. We have never seen uh, the government ever tell people how to raise their children and how to raise a healthy child. And, and uh, but we're seeing those dynamics now. But what would would you think every parent needs to know from a pro and con perspective uh, regarding the topic of vaccinations? Because it's a serious topic and one that I find that most people don't discuss until the time that they have to do it, or they won't even let you out of the hospital a lot of times without vaccinating uh, your child.
2: That is such an important topic these days, and people, you know, need to get educated Um, you mentioned about earlier, they spend more time planning their vacations. Well, you know, many people spend more time picking out a flat screen TV than they do looking at the pros and cons of the, the vaccination. So, you know, people are told that vaccines are, are safe, they're effective, and everyone has to have them. And, you know, we know they're not safe because our government through the vaccine court has already paid out $4.3 billion compensating families whose children have died or become injured from the vaccines. And, you know, those awards are capped at $250,000. So there's a lot of people being injured out there. You can also look at the um, their system, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, under the uh, Health and Human Services of our government. And last year alone, they said there was 62,000 reported injuries from vaccines, including 500 deaths. And the HHS actually con- um, commissioned a Harvard medical team to study this vaccine event reporting system. And they found out only 1% of reactions are being reported. So that could mean that it's up to 6 million um, kids injured from vaccines and um, 50, 000, up to 50,000 deaths. So because of that, we really need to do our research. And when you go to the pediatrician, you want to ask them, you know, what are the risks involved? And the pediatrician can actually pull out the vaccine uh, box and has the uh, package insert around it and list the dozens and dozens of illnesses that those vaccines can cause, including death. So they're not totally safe. So people have to look at, well, then what are the, the benefits and how effective are they? And, you know, we also do see outbreaks around the country of measles and chickenpox and uh, whooping cough in the vaccinated population, so they're not always effective. And the CDC has come out with statistics these last few years showing that the flu shot is only 10% effective in the target population um, over the last many years. So it's not totally effective. So when there's ever a uh, risk of a medical procedure, parents should be fully informed and be able to make a um, you know proper um, decision based on that so and the other side of it is you know our kids are designed to grow up healthy and be able to develop an immune system naturally and adapt to the environment and and be healthy so you know those are the things that we like talking about the most is how to how to um, raise the healthiest kids possible so they have a strong immune system so it gives parents um, a lot of peace of mind and um, comfort.
0: You know, what I have found over the years is the fact that there's a lot of statistics, like you mentioned, and there's a lot of science that you mentioned uh, showing the risk factors. Um, and it's important to be informed. And and if you're listening right now, that's really uh, my recommendation to you is get informed. Uh, tell me a little bit briefly about the the New Jersey uh, component that you just Uh, participated in, which I know was a big breakthrough and a great precedent in our nation.
1: Yes, well, they um, kind of very quickly swooped in and wanted to take away the religious exemption. So most states have either a philosophical, religious, or medical exemption. There are three types that are possible for parents to opt out of vaccinations for your children. And so depending on your state, it is state-regulated, you may have one, two, or three of those options. In New Jersey, we always had a medical and religious exemption available to us. And very quickly, they wanted to come in and remove that. And the parents rallied behind it in a huge way and in the biggest way they've apparently ever seen seen at our state house, because we were told by um, judges and state troopers and person after person that this is the biggest uprise and biggest outcry um, of unfairness that they've ever seen. And so parents in the freezing cold temperatures of December and January um, in the state of New Jersey, in snow and sleet, they were out there picketing with protesting with signs, really just saying to our legislators, we need the choice. Um, We need a voice, and we as parents should be in charge of the healthcare decisions for our family, that this is a government overreach and overstep. And so anything particularly that's being injected into our children that carries with it the inherent risk of injury or even death we need as parents the right to object to that. And some children are more susceptible than others, but we need a right for whatever reason um, to be able to object, to, peacefully object to that and um, and be allowed that decision. And so that's what it was all about, that this should be a choice between a parent and a child, the parent and the doctor, and not a legislator. Um, so they were, um, the parents made, made a big presence there and um, it was over, uh, I shouldn't say overturned but it was not passed so we retained our religious exemption here and we have a lot of people that are very strongly convicted about the religious um exemption because they know that there is actually which many people don't realize um in many strains of the vaccines there is aborted fetal tissue um uh, that's contained within that or dna and so that's an important component, and so when you have someone that's a devout Christian, a Catholic, a Jewish person that um, has that conviction, we need the right to be able to object to that.
0: You know, what I love about what you said is this. Uh, we have been tolling healthcare for many years, and as doctors, we have to provide all the information to a patient to make a decision, and really the decision's always been the patients to participate or not participate whether it's a pharmaceutical that can have adverse effects, or whether it's a surgery that can have adverse effects, or whether it's a new medical procedure or research that can have adverse effects. And this thing with the vaccination is very surprising because I have never seen the government step in and bypass that choice that parents should have when it comes to the health of the child until the child can make that decision as an adult. but in closing, let's talk a little bit. Now we have this healthy child and this this first early stages in life. Can we close with like some great tips of what have you found are some of the things that as a new parent I can do to ensure that my child has the best foundation to be healthy? Because we know that most studies show that whatever behaviors you share with your child, whatever environment that you create, in the first five to seven years of our lives are the most important and the ones that will last because they're the ones that become imprinted in our subconscious mind. So what are some of those top behaviors that you have found in your children and the hundreds of thousands of children that you have supported through your information and through your process uh, that you feel a parent should consider once they have this child?
1: <laughs> We're There's both talking We're both jumping at that one. Um, Number one, I'd say is um, going back to when we said, well, who should be a part of our birth team, making sure that we have that pediatric chiropractor, um, family chiropractor as a member of that, and that right after the birth, you're getting your child checked for subluxation or spinal nerve stress that can interfere with their optimization of health, wellness, and development and growth. And so continuing to have regular chiropractic checkups for your kids and as a family is going to really optimize their health and development. So that's number one. And the second thing I'm a huge proponent of is breastfeeding that newborn. And so making sure that's also a part of your birth plan is saying, I want to breastfeed my baby right away and I don't want anything else put in that baby's mouth. And so making sure that you have the support in place um, to properly be able to breastfeed, hopefully long-term that baby, passing along your immune system and all of the benefits for the baby's growth and brain health that breastfeeding provides like nothing. Else, no other substance. Um, So definitely, those two are at the top of the list. What do
2: we call it? The um, the health trifecta. You know, Terry mentioned the first two of the most important things was making sure the child's spine and nervous system is healthy and optimizing breastfeeding, and also number three is keeping chemicals out of the child's body because those chemicals can become, you know, toxic and get into the brain and affect the immune system and and the hormones and the biochemistry. So it's so important to keep keep the chemicals out of the body. And then also there are so many other things, you know, um, you know, uh, co-sleeping is really a big benefit if you can have the baby. Um, getting all that um, sensory input through sleeping with you, through touch and smell and taste, helps improve those brain synapses and uh, strengthens the constitution of of the baby. Um, We also want to make sure they're getting um, lots of love and uh, getting proper, um, you know, nutrition. After they're uh, transitioning from breastfeeding, we want to be able to introduce foods to the baby. And the uh, first one that uh, is what we recommend being the best is an avocado. So that um, is something you want to do. And every few days, introduce another food so you can allow them to assimilate better and um, you know and keep the child active. We love doing um, you know like cross crawl exercises with the baby. We'll take the opposite hand and foot and do a little bicycle game with them and that helps the neurological input in, into the brain. Um, you know the, the children are designed to be, to be healthy and we want to support that and, and, and encourage that. So you know we can enjoy our, our family and do all the things that, that we dreamed of doing when that baby comes along.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough. First of all, I want to thank you for so many years of your mission, helping thousands of doctors like me be able to be prepared to take care of our children in our community and be able to support their health, especially in the early stages. Uh, But also I want to thank you for truly stepping up and being able to be the leaders that we have needed in the healthcare field to make sure that people can continue to get informed about the pros and cons about every aspect of your child's development. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We're going to put a link right here that will give you a resource. Uh, Or in fact, why don't you share with me the Facebook group page that you have established in order to share so much content and, and thousands and thousands of families that are coming there to share information about what's working for them.
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. We love this uh, Facebook group. It has people from all walks of life that are interested in raising to help these children. They can go to doctors, D R S period, Terry T-E-R-I-N, Stu S-T-U and the wellness parenting revolution. And we'd love to interact with you there.
0: And I will put the link here so that way you guys can just click there. But uh, thank you so much for this amazing interview. And also for those of you that are listening make sure that, first of all, let's be grateful that if you were blessed enough to have a a child, that is a blessing in today's world. Uh, Number two, make the most of it. You know, life, I've always said that being a parent is the greatest honor that I have had as a human being. Uh, It is something that should be not taken lightly. So do become informed, get excited, make a phone for yourself and your partner and, and make sure that you realize that these are very important stages and ages uh, and years in your child's development, especially those first five to seven years. We need to make sure that we put as much positive into that baby or that child so that way they can grow up to be very healthy as they get older. So thank you so much, you guys. I look forward to seeing you soon. And thank you guys for tuning in one more time. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you act upon what you've learned. Please share this podcast with your friends. To receive additional tools to help you reach your potential, like us on Facebook at Dr. Fab Mancini.